0: Do we have a proper name for this yet motor city metrics podcast no no no, no. the monday show the mo- no <laughs> M- right, monday <laughs> mo- monday city oh. metrics monday city no, metrics. i like it there we go let's let, welcome in everybody to our our supplemental our monday supplemental broadcast the monday city metrics i am uh, your host tonight chris brown alongside me are youper and john And, uh, you know, I wasn't here on Thursday, so I'd like to pop in just to say hello and and participate in this one. But, uh, yeah, we're just going to, you know, keep it relatively tidy tonight, a tidy hour, 60 minutes, um, talking the last four games for the Tigers, uh, you know, some of the the trade deadline rumors coming up, maybe a little prospect promotion stuff. But, uh, yeah, you know, as always, uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Follow us on the various channels that you do, podcasts, Spotify, whatever. and then on Twitter, that always helps, right? Or whatever the hell it's called now. <laughs> um, <laughs> on threads, maybe one day, a blue sky, all that good stuff. Uh, but yeah, so I, I guess we'll, we'll start from the beginning, guys. You know, I, I didn't, wasn't there on Thursday, but you know, the Tigers were coming off a really nice five and two road trip, hosting San Diego for three and San Francisco for the completion of an earlier, uh, you know, canceled game. So they, they go two and two. Just kind of yeah. curious your thoughts uh, on the the weekend, the long weekend as a whole.
1: Well, you know, for, for San Diego, it was really interesting those first two games. I mean, you got a sense of how much talent, at least premium talent, that they have more so than the Tigers, and it, it showed on the field. I mean, the Tigers rallied in the first game and made it a 5-4, one-run game, a loss, and then they got blown out in game two. Uh, you could see, you know, when you, when you talk about Manny Machado and Juan Soto and Xander Bogarts and Fernando Tatis, there's just guys up and down that lineup that can hurt you. It's mystifying that they're below 500, but they are. But when you get them on any given day, they can knock 14 runs on you, and they did to the Tigers. Um, but hey, Detroit fought back, pitched a nice game on Sunday, uh, got one win out of there, and then came out today and Tarek Skubal Tarek Skubal looked like uh, like a guy, and yeah. the good kind of guy, you know, uh, pretty impressive,
0: an actual dude, yes. Um. Yeah, you know, it's, it was funny. I, I, as I said, I, I had all, I was all prepared to do Thursday show. I just couldn't do it. But my my good for that show was going to be the Padres' offense, which had mm-hmm. been top three in baseball over the last month. And then my bad was going to be the Padres' record, which was like 11 and 14 heading into that somehow. But, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that Friday night game was mostly – it was just the Juan Soto show, right? He hit 7,000 yeah. feet of home runs, and that's the Tigers clawed back, but it couldn't quite get there.
2: I don't know. John, did you uh, have any thoughts on that one? I mean – yeah, I mean, Scuba obviously looked good. It's it's crazy to me because he looked so good his first couple starts, then got shelled for I think it was seven runs against the Royals, then went back to, to looking really good today, uh, struck out nine through five score sittings. But to me, the big takeaway is the Tigers' two, three, four 3 4 hitters, uh, Green, Torkelson, and Kerry Carpenter, all 25 years and younger. Um, okay. They have all been really impressive. I think they've been the Tigers' three best hitters this year. And it really makes you wonder what this what these three could do long term if they're able to stay healthy. Because obviously no, Carrie Carpenter was injured for a bit. Riley Green was injured for a bit. But yeah, they've been really fun to watch. Riley Green with three more hits today. Carpenter had two hits as well today. Torkelson, two hits as well. So they've been really fun to watch, and uh, we're going to get to Carey Carpenter later in the show, but having these three young guys here gives you a little hope for the future, and I think Carey Carpenter is starting to make a name for himself as as a guy that maybe could be a long-term piece for the Tigers. Maybe it's as a platoon as a DH, but I think he's been really, really impressive, and I hope he's able to continue to keep it up. And even Alex Faieto, who had a really good start against the Padres, was able to shut them down, I think. Uh, with the Tigers likely trading Lorenzen and, and uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, I think he's going to get an opportunity uh, throughout the end of the season. He's 27 years old, so I'm not saying the time is necessarily ticking on him, but um, it'll be interesting to see if he can really establish himself as something for the Tigers, whether it's a back-end, or a rotation starter, or maybe a long reliever. Uh, but it was good to see him have a good start as well.
0: Yeah, you you can really start to feel the, the that core three – Mm-hmm. as sort of the the heart of a future contender you you can you start to see it you know riley green is just this elite hitter if you will like i don't know maybe elite's a little bit much but uh you see he can just make contact with everything and he just gets hits yeah uh, and he has some pop in the bat but he's he's mostly he's, he's gonna be your your hitter your on base guy your setup man and torkelson has been knocking him down more often lately, which is nice to see, and then you got the cause sort of his left-handed counterpart there with Carpenter, who's a little bit of both. He can hit and he can hit for power, so it really is a nice, nice feeling to have that sort of young core there, and you hope you can supplement it with two or three guys around them. That's why it was kind of odd to hear out of nowhere John Paul Morosi start just just mention that teams were, you know, interested in Kerry Carpenter as is like okay, of course he's he's like he's in his first year of playing and he's performing, I you know. I don't know why that would come up or why he decided to put that out. I don't think the Tigers would be entertaining thoughts of trading him unless you're getting a a completely insane offer for somebody who's performing at the same level, but is also playing like shortstop. Right. So I don't know. It's just a weird, weird thing from JP.
1: And he chose the word robust. He said there was robust interest. He's been hanging out with Lynn Henning. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say that. That was very Lynn Henning-ish. Um. But, you know, if you just take him literally and let's say he wasn't just trying to put a fancy word in. What is it really robust? And what are we talking uh, is robust four teams asking about them in a week's time? You know, uh, just, it just seems, it seems generally at the deadline teams want. I hate the word proven, but they do kind of want proven talent, you know, to make that run uh, toward the playoffs. And that's not Craig Carpenter yet. I mean, that'd be a young guy I mean, that's kind of a different tack to move someone like that this time of year. Uh, but I'm going to never say no guy until you know, you can't say no until you know, well, what what are they offering? I'd love to be in on those conversations.
2: Yeah. I think like the other thing too, is you want to strike while the iron's hot. And if he's performing really, really well right now, I mean, he doesn't have that much major league experience. So I think it really comes down to the Tigers evaluation of him. And do they believe he's going to continue to stay uh, as an elite hitter as he's been, or do you think there's going to be a tail off? Cause we've seen this, like, he reminds me a lot of like a Brennan Bosch, the start to his career. He had really, really strong start and then kind of tailed off pitchers sort of figured him out. I'm not saying that's going to happen with Kerry Carpenter, but you got to have that in the back of your mind. And um, maybe his trade value is the highest it's ever going to be. So I don't think it's, crazy to look into that and and like i said strike while the iron's hot well
1: they should be pursuing every 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 avenue toward improvement needs to be run down right i mean you can't automatically say no to just about any any move right now uh you know whether that's trading their bullpen pieces uh you know that's one thing that happened today i don't know if you saw that trade um uh, uh, the Bra- yeah the braves got pierce johnson from colorado now Again, this is fantasy baseball silliness, but I had Pierce Johnson, so I, I followed him pretty closely. Right? He got 11 saves, but he also got his ass kicked a lot. I mean, yeah. you know. So Colorado, but yeah, but no, it wasn't. It wasn't just a Colorado effect. He, he was just bad quite a few nights, yeah. and then he had a lot of nights where he loaded up the bases and he squeezed out of it too. You know, and he was very Valverde-ish, but uh, he got the Braves' number 10 rated prospect. And the 26th rated prospect, from, and this is Pipeline's numbers. But still, I mean, the the number 10 prospect in the Brave system, you know, you can debate how good the Brave system is after a lot of the moves they've made and the promotions they've made. But, you know, the guy is a reliever that throws 100 miles an hour. I mean, so that's pretty good for a Pierce Johnson, 32-year-old erratic reliever. So it makes you wonder, what could Jason Foley get?
2: I mean, Pierce, John. I was looking at his number. He has an ERA of six. Now, he does have yeah. 58 strikeouts and 39 innings pitched, but yeah. that, that's crazy to think about. They got a top-10 prospect. His ERA has actually come down in the last month.
1: It was like seven and a half, eight for quite a while.
0: <laughs> yeah. Pierce. Pierce not a common name these days. There was Pierce in <laughs> Community. There was Pierce in Mash. I can't think of any other Pierce. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, we, we talked about it. The relievers always tend to get uh, – more value than it would you would expect at the trade deadline because right. teams are just everybody needs relievers in the middle of the season they want to strengthen their bullpen they want to shorten games all that stuff uh, i do think teams often do look for power bats lefty power bat something like that That would explain why there would be interest in carpenter but it's just it's so rare to see somebody with this little experience get moved at the trade deadline right um, um you know it, it's like you know if, if he goes on to have like a Corey dickerson career gets traded 17 times it wouldn't shock me, but Dickerson stuck with Colorado for a few years, I think, before he moved around. So, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, it does make me, like you said, you. It, it makes you wonder. Like, I don't think any of us really want the Tigers to trade Alex Lang or or Jason Foley or you know any of these these guys that they might have for three four years. But if the price or if the return is 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 intriguing, then you got to listen. Um,
1: for me. The relievers, absolutely. If there's a good price, someone meets your price, you take it and run and make it work down the road. Kelly Carpenter, I'm a little less anxious to see them move, unless it was something very, very attractive, because I do believe what you know, John had mentioned earlier, you can kind of squint and envision the core of hitters developing and him being a part of that. Again, we're a long way from knowing, but at some point, they have to build that core around, and they've, they've had trouble adding to it. Now they have a, potentially three guys that you can build an offense around. You're going to need more. So, I'm not sure what way... Something pretty attractive would have to come back to move Carpenter to me.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. It, it's, you know, it's to a certain extent, those those three batters are, are starting to feel a little bit like what Tigers fans had hoped Manning, Scooble, and Mize would be for the, the <laughs> rotation, right? Like, all right, yes. these are these are, these are our, our playoff game one two and three starters and obviously it hasn't worked out you know Scooble uh, has been the best of them. Uh, Myers, of course was uh, you know injured but uh, there is there is you know some thoughts about Matt Manning possibly being a trade chip We were discussing earlier mm-hmm. that uh, the Reds have made Jonathan India available according to MLB trade rumors. And it it does pose some questions. Does would would it make any sense for the Tigers to swap Matt Manning for Jonathan India? What what do you guys think?
2: How many years do you know? How many years India has left of arbitration? I believe India. This is his third season, so he's either uh, three years or
0: four years left. I have I, to. I'll check right now. I'm
1: pretty sure he's a free agent in 26. I could be wrong, but he's also 26 years old, and Manning's 25 years old. Uh, I, I spent a lot of time dinking around with this today just because it did intrigue me. You know, most trade, rumored trades, I have a pretty instant opinion, yes or no, on a lot of things. This one I actually kind of thought about for a while. It didn't didn't race out at me as a yes or a no either way. Um, I think at the end of the day I like Manning more. But let's face it, he's never pitched a full season yet. He hasn't come particularly close to pitching a full season yet. So, uh, you know, we don't know what he'll look like over 175 innings uh, in the the big leagues, if he'll even make it to 175 innings in the big leagues in a season. So I think he's movable. And then you look at Jonathan India. I mean, he had a good rookie year. But overall, in his three seasons now, he's been about a league average hitter. I think the OPS plus was like 103 or something like that. Uh, So he's a league average guy, but there's value to being a league average guy. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a league average bat. Uh, that would add to your core, you know, that would lengthen your lineup, uh, with what he can produce. So, um, I'm not, you hear conflicting things about his defense, but I think at the end of the day, he's a league average guy. Is that enough for Matt Manning? I think I might roll the dice and hope Matt Manning is a little better than league
2: average. Yeah, I think what you said about having strong opinions, I think I'm against this one just because Matt Manning is only 25 years old. He's thrown 185 career innings, so basically a full season. And, yes, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. But if we are being fair, the injury that he sustained earlier this year was kind of like a freak accident. Yeah. Um, you can't really control that. And he has – I mean, his ERA is 3.19. Now, whether you think that's going to continue, but to, that that's – that's very good. Now it's only 36 innings pitched, but him only being 25 years old, I would like to see a, another year or two out of him, but to know what we really have in him before we move him. And, and like you said, Jonathan India has been a league average hitter, and th- this kind of segues perfectly into another topic we had was was Jace Young, who was called up. I mean, if Jace Young is up in the big, I mean, he was drafted in 2022, so if he could maybe reach the Tigers by the end of next year, maybe, you know, 2025. I mean, can he be just as good? Maybe almost, maybe even better than Jonathan Indy. I know Chris is our minor league guy, but when you have a guy like that kind of waiting in the wings, does it really make sense? Cause that's the other thing too, is if you're going to trade Eduardo Rodriguez and Michael Lorenzen, what is your rotation going to look like next year? I, I mean, you're kind of banking on Mize, Manning, Scooble, and then maybe you look to free agency, but, um, that's kind of my thoughts is you already have a second base prospect waiting in the in the wings who's performed pretty well. And um, I would like to see what you know Matt Manning, a young pitcher, can still do for the Tigers, considering they don't really have a lot of pitching prospects that are major league ready right now.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's an interesting uh, question there, because to me, kind of they're basically the same player. <laughs> Matt Manning is the pitching version of Jonathan India. I, I guess the difference is India had that really good rookie year, but since then he's just been kind of, you know, middling. And, and, uh, but, you, you know, I, I will say in general that I would never not make a trade because of somebody I have in the minors. Uh, I, I also happen to be one of the lowest people around on Jace Young. But uh, even if you, you think that he's going to come up and be your starting second baseman in a couple years, I don't think you would that would stop you from making trying to make your team better now. If worst comes to worst, you have Jonathan India playing really well for you in the majors, and you have Jace Young as a trade chip down the road or, or vice versa. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't think – he's not the sort of player that really moves the needle for me either. Like It, it does feel like if you're going to trade somebody who – with many years of I, – I guess I would rather trade – if you're, if you're going to trade a Manning or a Scoble or, or any of those guys where you have multiple years in control and they're going to be contributing to the big league club, I want – higher rated prospects or more exciting players for that. Right. Like just not, not just an average player. You need to shoot for the moon, I think. Um, but we do, I mean, and I don't think we're going to see the tigers make any big trades that beyond the, the guys with expiring contracts, but we don't know. We don't know. We don't know Scott Harris yet. One of the things we complained about a lot with, with Al Avila, one of the many things we complained about, (laughs) let's reminisce, uh, was there was not a lot of creativity, right? They traded guys when they were expiring contracts because, you know, that's what you do. But there wasn't a lot of, hey, let's move this guy in his second year for this guy with three years, but he might play this. You know, the, the most creative they got was was what trading Paredes for uh, Meadows, yeah, uh, maybe.
1: maybe, and that didn't really, uh, you that's know, a draft pick
0: in there. Yeah, you can't. Right. You can't. Uh, in hindsight, of course, not great, but
1: uh, yeah, they, they never was- did anything like become the third team to help. Get a deal, you know. Get a deal done between two others. Yeah. Jump in, be the third team, see if you can get something for yourself out of it. Now that was never going to happen in an Alavila world.
0: Yeah, and remember how many? There was actually quite a few. There were actually quite a few uh, three-team deals under Dave Dombrowski. Exactly. You, know, you had the the the, the infamous uh, Austin Jackson, uh, Max Scherzer deal that involved the Yankees and the Diamondbacks, right? Yep. And then there was even Shane Green was a three three-team deal, wasn't he? You got Didi Gregorius, and uh, I'm forgetting who went to Robbie also Ray. A...
2: Robbie, yeah. Robbie Ray. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. David price.
1: The trade a... deadline move with David price and Austin Jackson and all those guys. That was the three teams:
2: Seattle, Tampa Detroit. Yeah. I mean, me and you talked about like them taking on a bad contract to get prospects in return. That's another thing that could be yeah. an option with all the money they have coming off the books. But I, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. We just don't know yet. Um,
0: I mean, not, not not to. I just it just you know occurs to me that it it felt like Dave Dombrowski just went and, and there were players that he just wanted to get, and then he would figure out a way to get them, and if it involved a three-team deal or a four-team deal or whatever, he'd do it. Now again, this is mostly him acquiring pieces, whereas the Tigers now are kind of you know they're selling, so it's a little bit different. But we do remember the one time they did sell, they get they did pretty well with with Michael Fulmer and Daniel Norris and Matthew Boyd. those guys mm-hmm. were all. You know, it didn't quite work out eventually, but they were all talented guys who helped. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm really eager to see what Scott Harrison and, and his front office can do with this trade deadline. Um, you know, if it's just if you just get the players for their expiring contracts, I get it, but I it'd be it'd be kind of fun to see something more.
2: Yeah, um, here's an idea I had because we talked about Tarek Skubal had another good start today. Is it a realistic? I don't think he's getting traded this trade deadline, but is there a possibility? Maybe in the off season, or do you think he is a long term piece for the Tigers? He's 26 years old. Do you think he's going to be at the top of the rotation three, four years from now? Are the Tigers maybe going to extend him? Like, what do you think his long term outlook is for the Tigers? And is he a guy that they could maybe move in a couple years if he continues to pitch well? And all of us, all all kinds of Tiger
1: Twitter followers are shooting arrows at you right now, John. Just get ready to take those. You know what, though? It's not a crazy idea. Uh, and, and in my opinion, um, you know, pitchers break. We know this. We know he has had a Tommy John in his background. We know he had a surgery last year on his arm as well. Um, so there's some wear and tear there, you know. Uh, he's a, he's an electric pitcher. He's very impressive. Um, however, in the offseason, if some team comes sniffing around and they really think that he's the guy and they want to pay up for it. Tell me what the price is. You know, tell me what I'm getting. Uh, but I think he is movable for that reason. You know, they're getting Mize back. Uh, most people come back from Tommy John surgery decently. Uh, so if they did move him for something attractive, I could see it. I don't expect it, but I could see it. Yeah, it,
0: it's it's tough. You 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 look back and you wish the Tigers would have offloaded Fulmer and Boyd when they were younger and, and better and, and could have gotten more at the same time, it, you know, at a certain point, like, do, do you want to be the Rays as a franchise where you're trading, uh, you know, all your talented young players once they hit arbitration, or do you want to build around some guys? And it, it, it's, it's hard because of those injuries. Like you worry that the school yeah, you know, you, you could just picture it. He's pitching well for this year, pitches well, half of next year, gets Tommy John. He's out for a year and a half, comes back for like one year. And that's all you have from him. But yeah, I, I don't know. I I would want that's a guy that I would want a, a huge trade return for. Basically, yes. that's that's the guy you send to. to uh, okay, Baltimore, you want him? Give us, you know, five of your top twenty prospects. Yeah, something like that. We we want you to single handedly restock our farm system and give us an offense for the next couple of years. Yeah,
1: um, and that's, that's no no one is ever. Whenever we talk about these things, no one's certainly ever saying, "Hey, fire sale on Tarek Skubal. Right? You know, you want something? It would be something very impressive that you could help build around, you know, that, that's, that's the whole idea.
2: Yeah. Um, when you bring up like the Rays, like what they've done, it's worked. Like when you look at the Chris Archer trade, the Blake Snell trade, the Blake Snell trade, trade hasn't really worked out yet, but they've got some young pieces. Like if the Tigers are moving towards that, where they're going to keep a lower payroll and keep building through the draft, that could be an option for them is they have these young pitchers, they bring them up. They have a few good seasons and then they get a massive haul for them, and they keep kind of rebuilding and retooling through that.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I don't dispute that the Rays do things very smart. <laughs> they're, they're very intelligent. They, they they win a lot of their trades. They really target guys and know how to fix them. Like Junior Caminero, they got for uh, nobody and then yeah. turned them into we a top-10 top prospect. It's, it's absurd. But I don't know how much that's good for the fans, right? Like, at a certain point, you can you can go too far with it where you, you're locking down Miguel Cabrera for 45 years or whatever, but you ca- you kind of do that for the fans, right? It's it's you love your players and you want these guys to be a part of your team going forward. They you know you've had tigers growing up that he followed, we had tigers growing up that we followed. It's it's I don't know, it, it's just tough to get yourself like you know, if the Rays go and trade Shane McClanahan two years from now, mm-hmm. like well. You know that maybe maybe that's a smart thing to do. You get a bunch of good prospects back, but wouldn't it be fun to have a homegrown guy who's kind of with you for a decade or so? It's you know they did it with Evan Longoria, but that's it. Um, yeah, And maybe that's just the way. Maybe that's the way Harris is going to operate. Maybe that's the way Illich wants him to operate. It's just I, I wouldn't hate it if they want to, you know. Well, play it just play would, a Riley it, Green and Scoble and build around them.
1: From from Tampa's perspective, it would be interesting to move them to a market. And, and a stadium in an area that cared, right? Because Tampa, where the stage the stadium is is brutal, it's in a bad part of town uh, where nobody can. I'm not saying it's dangerous. I just in a yeah. part of town where you can't reach it very easily, um, and it's a transplant kind of area. People who bring their allegiances with them, <laughs> so um, you know they don't have to care about the fans that much. There, they just kind of operate in their own little bubble and build their team the way they want, and they win a hell of a lot of games. If you brought them, let's say they moved to Nashville, and and the Nashville community needed to gel around them, would, would the good folks of Nashville care about who's there, or would they just care about hey this team wins no matter how they do it? I, we don't know that.
0: I mean, I just look at uh, I look at the Red Sox, right? They brought in Heim Bloom basically to be the Rays with money, mm-hmm. and yeah. the first thing he did, he traded Mookie Betts, which, <laughs> um, you know, I, you could you could argued that it made sense they needed to get some money off the payroll and or they didn't you know want to lock him up forever but Mookie Betts Mookie Betts that's you know like one of the five best players in the last 15 years or so that like sure that would be tough that would be tough to have a guy like Justin Verlander in his prime we did see that right they traded him away that was a real bummer mm-hmm. um and that was even you know you could argue he was past his prime before we realized that the Tigers hadn't fixed him and the Astros could uh but <laughs> yeah I, I just I, I don't know if Fans generally want. The, the, I don't know. There are certain fans who, who would just be fine with winning, right? That that's cool. I think there are a lot of fans that are casual to sort of intermediate that, that want to root for their players too.
1: So, hey, you're right, and I I, I go back and forth on it. I like like it's a good thing you brought up. You know, players I followed growing up. My dog is named Sweet Lou. For Christ's sake, yeah. You <laughs> know, I mean, that's not because I knew some guy named Lou living down the street, right? That's <laughs> Lou Whitaker. So yeah, I can I can hear that, but but I know. Who I am now, for me, it's just win. I don't care who's wearing that uniform. Just build something that wins. Uh, that's why I, you know, if there, if I had to, the team I followed the second most over the last ten to fifteen years has been the Rays. You know, that that's kind of my second club. And when the Tigers are down, I, I follow the Rays. And uh, for this reason, is they they figure out really inventive ways to win. And I hope Scott Harris has some of that with him.
2: Yeah, I think that's the the question that's going to be is do you trade those guys or do you pay those guys? Like we had a comment, do you pay Scoobal, Mize, Manning, keep them around long term? Same thing with Riley Green. We haven't seen the Tigers, you know, give out those, you know, rookie extensions yet. I think that's the debate that's going to be had, and we're going to find out the next couple of years. Here's one one, one thing that's coming up with all the
1: injuries that Mize and Manning and Scoobal have had. When it comes time for them to be extended, if they earn it, they have they don't have the big body of work to go get the massive paydays really and there's still going to be a little bit of question mark around them <laughs> so Detroit might be able to kind of keep them at less money than uh if they really flourished early on
0: yeah yeah and, and it's the, the payroll is so small for Detroit yeah. that they could they could throw out all sorts of money and still survive it's just uh, are they gonna it doesn't seem likely but and we'll see you know we we we, we talk about the three batters already you know torque carpenter green looking real but they do have you know the three other i guess you could throw four now four uh, interesting guys up in Toledo now that okay. Winslow Perez was promoted you've got Perez you got Meadows you got Colt Keith of course and Justin Henry Malloy you can get one or two of those guys to actually come up and, and perform yeah suddenly suddenly it's
1: four or five young members of the core and and it feels a lot more like a real team so now you got now you got a lineup now you can go out in free agency and get a couple of decent guys, or even a platoon bat, and now you got six guys in your lineup. Now you can score some runs, you know. Yeah,
2: uh, that would be something.
1: I mean, that was a great point, It Wasn't today? Wasn't
0: the the two, three, four hitters? Didn't they have basically all the hits?
2: They were you know, seven seven eight. for nine, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: Zach
1: Short about the only other hit.
0: That's right. Zach Short had the big home run. That that uh, shout out to our, our buddy Jeremy who uh, who's known as uh, Who Trying to Ball in the Discord. He was right there with his dad and the ball that Zach short hit went off the foul pole. and hit his dad in the stomach. Oh. So do you see, uh, and, and like, nice. it's just like this agony of like, Oh, that hurt a little bit. And, oh, I dropped the ball. It fell down. Uh, it's, uh, he I didn't get the ball, it, but no, they, I don't, I don't think they did, but, oh. yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so, so I guess, we, you know, we kind of went from in those weekends games to, to coming back to the trade, uh, chat, but yeah, it was, you know, the Tigers won on Sunday because, of course, they did because they can't lose or win more than two games in a row. I don't know if right. today's game counts as three in a row because they did officially sweep the Giants. It just uh, was, you know, three <laughs> months later. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's just one of the strangest things that this team, they played these solid games. And then we saw on Saturday, and I've seen a lot of questions about this. You know, that the Matt Manning pitched, what, two innings, and then the, the rain came, and they didn't send it back out. But the Padres sent out their rookie double-A pitcher, and he went just fine. Meanwhile the Tigers brought in Mason Inglert, who basically threw batting practice, and then today they put him on the IL and and AJ Hench said, you know, they've been concerned about his fluctuating velocity from start to start. And so the question is like, well, why did you leave him out there for so long? What I I know, you know, at a certain point you just you gotta take your lumps, but uh I don't know if you guys had any thoughts on Inglert or the way Hench managed the, the weekend.
2: Yeah, we did have a, a question about that. So but yeah, I mean he gave up nine runs and Two and a thirds innings pitch, it was rough. I mean, we don't know if the injury was bothering him, but um, I, I don't know. Maybe it was just uh, injury concerns with Manning. He's, he's been injured. They didn't want to, you know, sit him down and bring him back out. But, I mean, I think it was just he was – they wanted him to eat up some innings is, is probably what I would take from that. And I guess it really didn't work out.
1: You know, I, I, it would be interesting to know, did Manning throw uh, underneath – you know, I don't know if they have a, a mounds down there, you know a throwing a throwing area down you know, in the in the concourse down there where the players go uh but did he throw much during the break and was he ready to go and what was the you know the final decision what what made the final decision i can see being conservative there and not bringing him back out because again i i don't believe this team's going to the playoffs so that's okay um to be, have some kid gloves with him but I was, if you really want to win the game, though, I think they were up 2-0 when the rain came. Uh, and I, I believe the top of the order was coming up for the Padres. I would come with Cisnero or somebody like that in that area. and You know, get one of your better relievers out there, or Holton even, whatever, and let's go with him. Let's get through that tough spot in the order and keep this thing moving a little bit. Um, but he came out with Angler, and as you said, it was batting practice, and that's all she wrote.
2: Yeah, you guys were like you were saying maybe like the Tigers weren't competing and we we're kind of getting to. you said you don't see them winning the division. I think it's at the point where they're they're solid, but they're just not good enough to really be able to get over that hump. I think obviously the injuries and in that nine game losing streak did them in. I remember they were twenty five and twenty six, and then things kind of fell apart from there. Uh, they they sit eight games back right now. Um We did have a talk about like the race in the AL Central though, like. Is it, are we pretty much giving up on that? Like, I think there's six and a half games out now. Minnesota's won a couple games in a row, like kind of just your overall view on, on this the race in the central. And are we going to see the tigers kind of fall out of fall out of the race in the next weeks or months to come? Well, I mean, I, I, I
0: think if, and when they trade Erod and Lorenzen, it's going to be really hard to maintain this sort of 500 level of play. Um, and I don't think, I mean, I don't think the Twins are going to go on a, a huge slide, and and the Guardians to the point where you can overtake them by playing a 500 ball. So the Tigers would need to go on an eight, ten game winning streak or something like that, and they just don't seem uh, consistent enough for that, right? Like we've seen some really quality games. Today was a good one. Sunday was a good one, but then you got Saturday, and and they don't have quite the firepower to come back uh, from a game like Friday. So. It's, it's just really tough. And I think Minnesota, is, is, they're starting to play better. A uh, friend of the family, Alex Kirloff, was the AL player of the week. That was that was mm-hmm. nice to see from my personal perspective, not from yes. an AL Central Tigers perspective. But uh, So he's playing really well for them now. And, and, yeah, I think they just have a little bit too much talent for them to go on a sort of slide. But then again, uh, you know, we've seen it all year long that these teams can't seem to put anybody away.
1: It really boils down to the offense for me because you know we just had this we just the three of us just talked about the three guys who are forming a nice little core. However, until Zach Short's home run today, they had three runs on the board, and if they would have hung on and won with precisely three runs, that would have been, I believe, their fifth consecutive win where they scored precisely three runs. <laughs> so they are they haven't exactly been blowing teams off the field. Okay, the, the, all credit to the pitching staff here that has made three runs hold up several times over the last week. Uh, because, you know, you, you score three runs a night, you're going to lose some games. I mean, let's face it, most of the time. And they lost the one game to San Diego 14 to 3 So the, mm-hmm. <laughs> three yeah. runs has been their magic number. Uh, they just won most of them. Uh, but I, that's not something I would bet on. Uh, so I still think offensively the team is short. You know, I, I think we know this, right? Uh, even with those three guys starting to look good, and Jake Rogers, to be honest, starting to look good. A lot of numbers, people showing his numbers since June 1 are pretty solid. So I think he's made some changes to me. So, uh, But I think in the term of winning the division, I just don't think they have the offensive firepower to get it done. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, and I think Scott Harris knows that. I, I don't think yep. that they're going to yeah. make any silly decisions to try to go for the division. Even as much as we'd all love to have a, a pennant chase, Sure. Chase, you know a division division chase uh playoff chase uh just just play meaningful baseball into yeah. September boy It'd that'd be fun uh we haven't had that since what 2016 yeah and uh but it, it's just you have to you have to know the reality of your ball club Now, some people would argue like hey you didn't even try by bringing up the young guys but as much as we all would, would love to see that it's it, people just people just underestimate the difference between minor leagues and the major leagues by a, by a huge margin they underestimate it you know like why jay young we'll, we'll talk about him right so he's 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 finally up in double a year people were calling for it for months and months but why wasn't he up because he only hit 250 that's why because <laughs> you're in high a and you're hitting 250 and people go oh it doesn't matter you know the ops is good the on base is good the power is good all that's true but you have to still get hits and, and when he gets double-A, he's not going to get as many hits. It's going to be like 230, 235. And then he gets the triple-A, it's going to be like 215, 220. And then what do you do? Like, uh, So I, I don't know. You can bring Cole Keith up right now. He's really struggling over the last two weeks. Uh, he, maybe he needs that to, to adjust and, and to come up later and help the team. But I, I just think there's not enough there for them to make a real run in any way. And uh, it, it'll be kind of annoying to watch... Cleveland and Minnesota trip over each other. I mean, Cleveland just put <laughs> Bieber on the 60-day aisle, I believe.
1: Yeah. They've had, a, they've had a lot of
0: pitching injuries this year. It'll be curious to see if they make the decision to sell, even though they are in much better shape to try to contend for the division.
2: Yeah, it's looking like low 80s. I mean, maybe if you win 82 games, that might be the magic yeah. number. It's It's crazy. But, I mean, to be fair, the Tigers have hung in there and just, like you said, having a competitive team uh, hopefully into September. I mean, even if they do trade some, some pieces, I still think with them getting healthy, I, I think they can still be a respectable team. It now does that amount to 70 wins, maybe 75 wins. I think they're, they're probably somewhere in there, but I, I think hopefully if they can stay around, you know, five to 10 games under 500 throughout the year, and we continue to see some development from the young guys and, um, I think that's a successful season. I think this season has been very successful for the Tigers in the sense that the progression we've seen from Green, Torkelson, you now have Scubo and Manning back, and some of these trade ships have performed very well. Like Michael Lorenzen, trade value I don't think could be any higher right now with the month of July he's had. So I do think that it's been a positive season and uh, a building block for them moving forward. Yeah,
0: sorry. Uh, you know, roger has been texting me during <laughs> this. Um, he, he sent me – there was some, something about, you know, the, the Tigers supposedly interested in Alec Thomas from Arizona,
1: yeah. which uh, – That would be fun. Well, Arizona fun. has a ton of outfield depth in their system. They do. And...
0: It, but, yeah, I mean, it'd be, I'd be curious to if, you know, Alec Thomas for what? Because I don't think they'd give up Alec Thomas for half a season of Eduardo Rodriguez, but maybe – Rodriguez and a, and a reliever? I don't know.
2: Yeah, Rodriguez and Lorenzen maybe.
0: Like, you could you could double up their arms. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't I haven't looked at Alec Thomas's uh, stats. He's a he's a tiny little guy that's <laughs> similar to to Corbin Carroll, except without you know the the surprising pop. But
1: uh, yeah, he got off to know. a slow start. I think this year. And I think he got hurt for a little while. Um, but he had some moments last year when they brought him up. And yeah. You know, I mean, I- that would be an interesting one. It's another. He's
0: a lefty, right? Left-handed. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Is. So, um, so he's a 23-year-old, 200 at-bats this year, six home runs, 7.65 OPS. Uh, last year, 6.19 OPS and uh, 381 at-bats. So, hasn't really figured it out at the major league level yet. But still young, and I believe he was a pretty highly touted prospect as well. well 7.65 OPS. Where's that
1: rate got the Tigers? That's probably pretty good.
2: Yeah, that's probably. <laughs> and, uh, it would be. I, I'd be curious if he would be
0: like overall much of an upgrade over someone like Badu, but um, not really,
1: honestly.
2: I, I mean, like, Badu the, they have them them lately, like but,
1: Canzone, yeah. uh, Dominic Fleck. both the Dominics, Fletcher and Canzone. Yeah. Um, yeah, a bunch of, yeah, they got a bunch of Dominics
0: over there. Yeah. I, mean, um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Arizona was one of the teams that we, we thought might be a landing spot for, for some of the pitching because they are competing, right? And they, they could use some arms, but that'd be a fun name to, to, to play around yeah. with. It certainly add, add some talent to the system. Yeah. Know, we um, um,
2: we did have a question that kind of bleeds into that if you want to get to that on a it. Twitter. So I, there's a pretty, a, a lot going into this question, but I think it's a good one. So uh, we, he asked for predictions, uh, who's the best teams who are the best fit for Eduardo Rodriguez, Michael Lorenzen, and Jose Cicinero. Um, So yeah, we were just talking about like Arizona. I think they're a good fit. I don't know how much you guys look at Baltimore. I've heard they've been sniffing around. Maybe they could be a good fit for those guys. But um, was there any teams kind of for those veteran pitchers we think are going to get traded? Any teams other than kind of the ones we've already mentioned?
0: Well, you know, Rogelio and I did a two-part trade piece over at the Tigers Money League Report website. naming some, some teams where Erod might be a fit. I think the Dodgers, they've had so many pitching injuries, and, and you know you might end up, if you trade with them, you might end up getting another young pitcher, mm-hmm. which is not the worst thing in the world. Everybody wants bats, but you can use arms too. The, the one reason I mention them is you know they're in a division race with the Giants and the Diamondbacks, and the Giants and the Diamondbacks are two of the worst teams in baseball against left-handed pitching this year. So if you have any more heads-up matchups against them, maybe that helps a little bit. Uh, as we saw, Scooble kind of dominate the Giants today. They don't hit lefties very well, so that could be a reason for the Dodgers. I also mentioned the Astros. I think they could really use either either Lorenzen or Rodriguez. Honestly, they they've had so many pitching injuries, and they they're a really good team, and and they've got you know managed to fight their way through it. But I think they'd be a fit for all three of those guys. Honestly, they could use Cisnero too for fun. Um, Raj brought up the Brewers. I think the Brewers would be a great fit. They they always managed to compete without ever really making big splashes on players, at least not in the last, you know, ten, twelve years. You know, once upon a time they traded for CC Sabathia and Zach Grinky and stuff, but they were always pretty much expiring deals. So I think Erod would make sense there, and there's some fun players in that system. So and then of course Baltimore. Uh, there, there are a lot of landing places for these these guys. So I think the Tigers are in a good position there to get at least some some solid talent.
1: Yeah, I have to believe erod brings back one at least one player that were like hey that's 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 pretty good i mean that's something they can work with you know and i don't know who that's going to be but i just look at baltimore and the depth of their system if there's any kind of i, I can't imagine there's actually a bidding war that's too strong of a thing. but there's a lot of teams who want erod um they should have no problem picking out a prospect that is pretty attractive, but it's kind of superfluous to what they need because they have a lot of guys. Um, so I, I've been really looking at Baltimore. And then I really think the Rays and Cisnero could be a good match because they love doing funky things with relievers. And I think Cisnero does some, some things that you could really work with in their system and be the kind of guy who he can help them get to the finish line this year.
2: Yeah, and for, for Steve's question, it was like a, a three- or four-parter. He did ask about the Orioles and, like, prospects that, that we could be interested in. I saw something about Kobe Mayo, uh, third-base prospect, that the Tigers could be interested in. Uh, was there any young players that they had in their system that kind of stand out to you that could maybe interest the Tigers? Well, the best ones are
1: on the team already. They've done a heck of a job promoting everybody. I mean, Colton Kowser's up and Westberg is up. Obviously, Rutschman and uh, uh, Gunnar Henderson are already there. Uh, they've, they've done a lot of promoting. <laughs> so, But, you know, uh, Connor Norby, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe having a down year, but certainly a, a prospect worth noting. Uh, I can't imagine they would move uh, Yersted yet, but, you know, he's there. Uh, they just have a lot of – you can go pretty far down their list and find some talented guys.
0: Yeah, and, and I'll give uh, credit to Rogelio for this one. Um, there's there's a kid named Cesar Prieto in Baltimore system who is not one of their top 10 prospects, but he is at, like in their top 30, top 15. Mm-hmm. And he, he's kind of a Luis Arias player. like He's a second baseman, third baseman, and, and he just hits. He hits mm-hmm. like crazy. He's super annoying to play against. Um, he's got some speed, a little bit of pop. He would be a solid prospect. Like he's the sort of guy that if the Tigers traded and they got him, everyone would be everyone would be all upset because he's not <laughs> one of their top ten prospects that they've heard of. And then he'll come up and he'll hit three thirty, mm-hmm. and people go, oh, "Well, this is all right." Um, so he would be an interesting name. You know, Kobe Mayo is a, a fun one because he's a big power hitting uh, third baseman, maybe first baseman down the line, maybe corner outfielder. Um, and th- but yeah, I uh, think you, you mentioned Connor Norby. They've got Hudson Haskin. They got Judd Fabian. They've they've got. A lot of interesting names yeah. out there in the in the outfield and in the infield. They 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 have a surplus and they can use it to get Major League talent. Will they? I don't know. We haven't seen Michael Ias do that yet. They traded... Uh, who did they trade to get Fujinami? Nobody? Like I don't remember... Yeah. Like
2: I don't think like, Fujinami was even having a, that great of a season either.
0: He's, well, he's after got, the switch, he got better. Yeah, he's he, he, he got a, a huge arm and he was terrible as a starter and he'd been pitching better out of the bullpen. I mean, we saw him Dominate the Tigers for an inning. Ooh, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. You know, I, I was listening to, uh, as we were coming back from South Bend the other day, uh, I was listening to the Ballpark Dimensions podcast, and it was kind of their their trade special. They were going through and, and, you know, looking at teams and who they could trade and what they might be able to get, and they just kind of glossed over the Tigers. They didn't think about the Tigers at all, really, which, which makes me wonder – if at a national level, maybe we're overrating Rodriguez and Lorenzen, but they spend a lot more time talking about like Lucas Giolito, and and uh, Marcus Stroman, and so maybe, maybe the Tigers—I uh, don't know—it's it, it depends on what the asking prices are for those other guys, but maybe they, they we're we're overestimating what the Tigers can get.
2: Well, is, is Giolito a rental too, or he would be? Yeah, he, uh, he would be a free be. agent. I mean, if to me, if you're Baltimore and you're in first place, you're looking like you're a 90-plus win team, I mean, I'm not going to say you go all in, but if you have a chance to, to make some noise in the playoffs, I mean, not every year. I mean, especially in the division they play in, when you've got teams like the Yankees, the Blue Jays, I think have a lot of talent still The Rays, Like, I'm not saying you go all in, but, you know, and if they don't win the division in that wild card series, it's a best of three. I'm pretty certain that Eduardo Rodriguez would be their probably one or two starter in a best of three. Uh even if they were to get like Michael Lorenzo and he could maybe be their number three or four starter in a division series. Like to me, you have an opportunity to win this division. I say they have to make a move because they didn't end the offseason. And I think with this surplus of like infield prospects that they have, I think it would be I think it would raise some eyebrows for them, especially with their rotation. I'm not saying it's necessarily weak, but I think compared to to some of the other like true world series contenders, I think there's a little bit to be desired with them.
1: Well, there's no question. Uh, When you look at the tail end of their rotation, they they can upgrade and they should be able to upgrade without a big problem. Right. And uh, I think Erod would definitely slot in as their number two, three guy right now, without any question. So if they want to make a they, – they've moved in the first place. Uh, they're they're legit. That's a good division. They're in first place. The Rays are starting to suck a little bit of wind. Um, I Why wait, you
2: know? Why, why say this isn't the year? It yeah. could be the year. And um, another part to Steve's question was uh, Michael Lorenzen to the Giants because he said – I mean, it doesn't have to be a Lorenzen. Just like a t- the Tigers making a trade with the Giants with Scott Harris being familiar with their system. Um, we've heard the giants in some trade rumors. Was there any, uh, prospects or players you think that could interest the giant? I mean, the giants do have a lot of depth at the major league level too. I mean, maybe there's a, a bat that maybe is not getting an opportunity. Um, could there be a potential trade with the tigers and giants? And if so, what are, are there any names that could interest the tigers? Yeah, the giants was another one of my, the, the teams that I, uh,
0: did a, uh, you know some fake trades with, and I, <laughs> I did it last week, and I've already forgotten who I had them trading for. It wasn't, it wasn't a terrific fit, as I recall. I mean, I like some of their young talent. You'd you'd love to get Luis Matos, right? Their center fielder, but that's that's I don't think that's happening. Who did I have them taking? I, oh, I had them getting Carson Wisenhunt, who is a a lefty pitcher who's trending up this year, mm-hmm. and outfielder Grant McRae, who's really tooled up, but but uh, has some high strikeouts. They say with, with his strikeout, so it's not necessarily a chase problem. It's more swinging missing in the zone, which is arguably worse. But that's worse. Uh, yeah. But, you know, he'd be the second piece. You could you'd be getting Wizen Hunt, who is a lefty with he's always had a plus change up, but he's also his velocity is up to ninety four ninety seven now. So um those are the two names I came up with. The Giants don't have a great system, like in terms of depth. Certainly not like some of the you know, the Reds, the Orioles we're talking about. And somebody I somebody asked earlier. Excuse me if I'm interrupting. Noah Conley he said, "Do we like Carlos Jorge? Carlos Jorge would be great. He's a, a, a 19-year-old second baseman in the Red System, hitting for power, hitting for speed, walking a ton. He'd be be awesome. I don't, you know, I don't know if the Reds would go for that for a rental, but um, yeah, the, I think the Giants do fit again because they're in a division race and they need some help. But uh, I, I, I couldn't come up with a ton of. of They've got a kid named Von Brown, who's very—he's more like 25 now. He's—he's—he's got a lot of tools, but he's also a a high swing and miss guy. So, you know, I don't know if it fits what we think the Tigers are looking for.
1: Well, I think today was what their fifth or sixth straight loss, right? And if they can—if they go home now, if they have a lousy week, I mean, that might talk them out of doing a lot of shopping too. So we'll just have to see what next few days. And and
0: and they have Conforto and Peterson, right, on one-year deals, so they could could end up trading them they could be the you know that's the the left-handed power bats or whatever that you like um
1: absolutely
2: yeah um and then the last part to his question was he said Cisnero to the Rays uh so kind of read your guys' mind there and then he said the Dodgers reacquiring Zach McKinstry um I don't really know how much trade value McKinstry would have I mean does he even get a top 10 prospect in anyone's I mean he does have years of control but I feel like he's more of like a bench piece on like a, a team truly trying to compete.
0: Yeah, I mean, McKinstry hasn't played terribly well. I mean, he's still a solid defender basically all over, and he'll still get you some hits, but but pitchers seem to have figured out that if you throw him breaking balls down and an in, he no. can't lay off them. He just he swings and misses at all. of them. I, I don't know the last time he walked. Um, and, but, you know, a team that could use a versatile utility guy might, trade for him. I, I don't know that you're going to get a whole lot more for him than you gave up. You gave up what a, a, a double a reliever. You probably get something along those lines, maybe a little bit more than that. maybe if you want to, if you want to do the, you know, buy low, sell high stock thing and, and get a little bit more talent then go for it. But I think at this point, they're probably better off just keeping McKinstry and, you know, maybe he sticks around and plays less next year and, and performs better because you've got a slightly better roster overall. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I could see him long-term being a better version of Don Kelly, right? I mean, yeah. You, you know. just re- – I was literally going to say that. Uh, you got to be quick around here, John. You got to be quick. <laughs> I'll tell you, you. you read my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, you know, i he, he had the home run stolen from him today. I mean, that was mm-hmm. a really nice swing. Uh, I saw him get the triple in Kansas City, and he hit a couple other balls hard in the two, ball, two games I was at. So, I mean, I think he might be coming back a little. I think he's been a little bit better the last two weeks. Uh, but you're right. He doesn't walk. And I I, I saw this a month ago or more. Down and in breaking stuff is just a kryptonite to him. Like, you would not believe.
2: And he hasn't done much to address it. Yeah, I think, like, like like I was going to say, Don Kelly, just, like, a, I think he's a good clubhouse guy, too. Like, I, I remember seeing him, like, mic'd up. He seems like a guy that's always having fun. Just a, a good guy to have around and, like he's been a, a decent enough hitter, uh slightly under league average, uh, can play a lot of different positions. Like I think he's a guy you keep around and bring off the bench, especially when, I mean, unless there's like someone just wows you with a, a deal or a prospect. Um, yeah, I, I would predict he's probably going to be on the Tigers for the rest of this year and uh, probably next year and maybe even the next couple of years after that. But yeah, and I wouldn't necessarily rule out like a team like the Astros, right? Where you
0: give them Lorenzen, and they also would like, hey, we we sure would like a, a lefty utility bet. You go, okay, well sweeten yeah. the deal a little bit. Let's get uh, Joey Loperfito. yeah, uh, and then you know you get that, and and you're fine with it. But yeah, I don't, I don't see him having a huge trade value on his own. Maybe there's a you know that Alex Avila throw in value, but John, that's a reference to when they when they traded Alex Avila. Who else did they trade to the Cubs?
2: Justin Wilson for Paredes and Candelaria. Yeah, there you go. That's
0: the one. Yeah. So, and yeah, Alex Vila was like, yeah, we could use a catcher too. So, like, right, here you
2: go. Um, <laughs> and that was a good trade for, I mean, the Tigers got two pretty darn good hitters in that trade. They I did. They just uh, didn't do, do a whole lot with them, unfortunately. <laughs> no.
1: um, they bailed the year early. <laughs> uh, a
0: good year. But um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, we're certain that there are going to be some trades. Coming up, I, I don't know. You know Helio and I are going to Erie this week. For we were going to go Friday and Saturday, but there's a a presidential rally on Saturday, so we're going Thursday, Friday instead. Nice. Um, and then we're going to come back and try to hit Jackson Job's debut in West Michigan because <clears throat> that's one of the other things we didn't. You know, there were some promotions. We mentioned Winslow Perez went up to AAA, which is good. He's been playing much better over the last month or so. And Jace Young backfilled there to get to Double Erie, which people have been wanting. And then Luke Gold went from low A, Lakeland, up to, to high A, West Michigan. And Luke Gold's a guy that he, he really, really struggled last year and for the first month, month and a half this year. And then for the last two months, he's just been absolutely raking, hitting like 370 with power and, and walks, which nice. is what you want a college guy to do in low A. So it's, it's a well-deserved promotion for him. And then Jackson Job is, is, uh that's really exciting because I don't know about you guys, but when they announced his back injury, I was pretty convinced that he wasn't going to play at all this year.
1: It would have been no great shock if this had been a completely lost year. And it may not be as full a developmental year as everybody would love loved to have seen, but now they're at least um, getting him on a track with
2: some optimism. Yeah, I think, like, the back injury could be a little worrisome, but I still think for him, he's so young. Like, I, I don't think we need to rush him by any means. I still think he could easily be in the minors for another two to three years, and at that point, he'll be calling up when he's – Oh, what you shaking? Why are you shaking your head? You for pitcher's break, dude. If he's ready, you go.
1: He's 21, yeah. isn't he? Is he 21 he's, now? He's, he's,
0: he's 21, yeah. Oh, he's, old. he's, he's older than AJ Smith, Shaver. Hey, um, he just happened he was old for his, his class, yeah. I, uh, I next but, year, but he is, I mean, he's young in terms of innings, it's,
2: yeah. He's baseball he
1: young, big. I get it.
2: He's, he's no, tw- yeah, so he's 20 years old, he'll be 21 in uh, July 30th, so couple of days. He's yeah, getting
1: out in Erie next year. He's on a yeah. ticket to Detroit by July. Yeah, I mean I mean he you'll move him as, as fast
0: as, as he allows you to. The his first couple outings down in Lakeland were were nothing terribly special, but we we saw the pitch data and the pitch data remains absolutely bonkers. Mm-hmm. Uh and the last couple outings he really he really was shoving and yeah, I I went through and went all went through all the the baseball savant stuff and you could see his 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 slider which I believe in his most recent outing, they said he threw four sliders. And I went through and looked at it. I'm like, no, no, he threw 20. You've mislabeled like 15 (laughs) of these as cutters because, and this is interesting, and I don't know if this is a a new development or he was just feeling it that day, but his slider had been averaging 83 miles an hour. And then his most recent start, it was 86. So I Um, I understand that why they labeled as a cutter, but his cutter is normally 90 to 92. So it was not his cutter. Um, but, yeah, so far he's thrown 40 sliders this year, gotten 18 swings, gotten 12 swings and misses. He's got a 67% whiff rate on his slider. The, the ball's been put in play once against his slider this year. His fastball's sitting 97, touching 99 with elite spin rate. The cutter looks really good. At least uh, the numbers do. The changeup is developing well. I, it's, it's just about him getting innings and getting more comfortable with command because the stuff is going to be nasty if, if he can stay healthy. Yeah, and thank you, Joseph uh,
2: Yes, I was gonna get so. Thank you, Joseph, for the four ninety nine. He said for all of you being way better than Mike Valenti in yeah. ninety seven one. He said and any job apps. What <laughs> this is, is that? Giddy. He wants to work with us. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Well, uh,
0: you know, I don't. Know. That's that's a uh, Rahelio is Yeah, that's in right. HR department. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but no, we appreciate that. I, I, you know, it's nice of you to say. Mike Valenti is a very talented gentleman. Yes, he uh, is. his His his. Uh, his outlook on life and on sports is not, uh, you know, congruent with mine. But I, I don't, <laughs> I don't deny him his his talent as a radio personality. But, um, yeah. So I, am really we're excited to go see Job, excited to see Young and the guys in AA. Uh, I really want to get out there and I want to talk to Justice Bigby. And I think Raj wants to talk to Lyle Lockhart. Some of these guys that are kind of under the radar but sure. performing really well. So,
1: I got I Keith Colt Keith coming to here, come to Des Moines next week. That's-
0: That's right. Somebody was asking if you were going to head out to Iowa to to see Colt Keith and Parker Meadows and all those fellas.
1: Right now I'm going on Tuesday night and Wednesday afternoon. Uh, And then usually I kind of get the bug to go one more time. I'll fit one more in and make sure I get to three out of the six for sure.
0: Nice. I I still remember seeing you in the crowd a couple of years ago. (laughs) Yes. Just munching on some peanuts, watching. It was a cold night.
1: It was a cold night and I moved down right behind the deck out. I'm sure, there, they, I'm sure we have
0: uh, a clip of it somewhere. Um, yeah, I want to see a
2: picture of
0: that. <laughs> I mean, that was that was the Iowa the the Toledo team with. Oh. At that point, I think they had Green and Torkelson, and, and then Kreidler was out there looking like Brooks Robinson. He had like the most impressive <laughs> defensive weekend of of all time. It was insane.
1: Yeah, they had all they had those three guys plus Lester was raking, Daz yeah. Cameron was raking, Zach Short was on the team, uh, Clemens was on the team. I mean, they had a yeah, lot yeah. of big leaguers. In the Mud Hen lineup, those are those are actually fun trips to watch. The, the Hens, you know, Cody Clemens just had a really nice week
0: uh, for Lehigh Valley against Toledo, and um, I don't know. That's why, yeah, we don't need to get into it too much. But when I see Jace Young, I see Cody Clemens. I see that's that's that level of, of player, uh, which is not the worst thing in the world, but it's not ideal for a first rounder.
1: did, did Cody Clemens, I mean, Jace Young, the last month has been solid. I think we all yeah. agree, right? He's he's looked very good. Did Cody Clemens ever really have a month like that in the low minors?
0: You know, I that's a good question. I don't know. I
1: he he tended to hit
0: so, like between like two thirty and two seventy with you know two hundred uh, ISO and, and yeah. double digit walk rate. It was, a, it was but yeah. I mean, I think Young's probably slightly better pure hitter. He tends to go to the opposite field a little bit more. I think he's going to hit a lot of balls uh, off the left field wall in Erie, which is will be helpful. But uh, I also think Clemens is actually a better athlete yeah and, and more versatile so there's you give it, it, you it is fun but,
1: to watch young run uh,
0: yeah I mean it's it, quite
1: the quite the sight. I, I kind of enjoy it
0: <laughs> I mean yeah, you give him credit for for he's not you know he's trying it's yeah. just uh, you know the lower half doesn't always agree with what the, the brain wants him to do but um, <laughs> um yeah I, I John I can find I'm sure I can find it somewhere where we got a video of uh, it was oh. somebody like hit a home run you could see you in the background well,
2: while you're doing that, we did have one more question. I know we're coming up on an hour, that's but that's all good. Uh, um, so it was from Tristan or Tristo nineteen said, "Uh, who do we think is the closest team out of the Central to become more of a certified contender in the next few years? Would you consider the Tigers if they added some free agents and prospects?" So, I mean, kind of what the theme, because this was podcast was named like the the race in the Central, kind of is there a team that you could see in the next couple of years out of the AL central that could become a true contender? And uh, would the tigers be in that co- discussion as well? What do you think you, well, they're all
1: starting at kind of a base level, right? I don't think there's, there's obviously <laughs> we've talked about this. There's not a powerhouse in in the, in the bunch. Um, I don't think there's a top 10 farm system in the bunch right now. Um, so they're all starting fairly even you can you can make the argument the Royals are starting well behind because they they look pretty woeful. I just watched them for two days and it was pretty toothless. Um, the White Sox, if they deal as many people as they're starting, they're starting over and they don't have a great system. So you can kind of eliminate those two. You got to always, until they prove differently, you kind of have to believe the, the Guardians are going to be able to produce pitching to keep themselves afloat. You know, if they stop, they stop. But right now they haven't stopped. They keep. Uh, generating enough pitching to stay competitive. Uh, if they get lucky on a couple of hitters or bring in the right guys, um, then sure, they, they, they're probably the team I think has the best chance of building a, a contender. Um, Minnesota's just been kind of snake bit with injuries like Royce Lewis and uh, obviously Byron Buxton and others. They, could, they can just never seem to bring it together. But this, the division this year might be weak enough where they're going to win just by being there. Uh, but I don't I'm not that impressed with their system overall to, to build a, a contender. I, Detroit has the ability. They have the wherewithal. They have the ownership with the money. They have the low payroll to start with now. They have some pieces in the minors like a Colt Keith and some others that we've mentioned. They have young guys in the lineup. And they have these pitchers coming back. I mean, what is, what is Casey Mize going to be a year from now? If he's good, then that changes the outlook of the team, really. So I I think Detroit can win this division starting next year if they're aggressive.
2: Yeah, I think the the Tigers definitely – I'm not going to say they'd be at the top of my list, but they have some interesting pieces. And I think, like, the White Sox, they're probably going to build around uh, Luis Robert. uh, But in terms of, like, the rest of their their farm system, I know they have Colson Montgomery, I believe is how – they have him as kind of their top prospect. Other than that, I mean – you have Dylan Cease, Tim Anderson's been pretty dreadful. Uh, uh, Eloy Jimenez is not really breaking out the way they wanted him to. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, the Twins do have Correa for the long term. They do have Buxton for the long term. Alex Kirloff has been really, really solid. Um, Ju- Edmund Julian, I think is how you pre- – I don't know. How about- yes, Edouard. 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 Julian. And- yeah. He's from
0: uh, from Quebec, I think. But, yeah, yeah. He-, God, he went on a – Boy, did he go on a bender. It was 6-1 yeah. wins like and 17 at-bats or something. Um, yeah, I, I tend to think... Because I don't think the Twins necessarily have any big expiring deals, do they? I, I think maybe Max is a free agent, but I don't Sonny, know Sunny Sonny Gray. Okay, Sonny Gray, a yeah. free agent after yeah. this year. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's weird because like I don't picture the Twins getting a whole lot better, but I also don't picture them getting a whole lot worse. I feel like they're going to be about this level. So I do feel like the Tigers are probably... Decently poised to take a big leap forward if they can get a couple more bats going and, and uh, you know, fill in in trades or uh, free agency. And we know the free agent class is not very good, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't see any reason why the Tigers can't, as you said, start competing for real next year because they're they're not that far away in this division and nobody else is screaming like, hey, we're on the rise. It's it felt like three years ago, like the White Sox, were they going to be that team? And uh, as the White Sox do. He just kind of frittered it away yes, in a do. comical fashion that uh, we all enjoy. Um, and yeah, and with Cleveland, as you've said, you know that the pitching—they—they they find these guys, Tanner Bebe, Gavin Williams, you know, terrific arms. Um, just get some bats in there, but they don't seem to. I don't know. They, their organizational philosophy is is seemingly against getting guys who can hit for power. Yeah, they just spent. We love the Alex Mooney kid, you know, from from Orchard Lake, went to Duke. Great story there, but he's a he's a classic Cleveland player. He's uh, very little power, got some defense, gonna steal some bases, get on base, all that good stuff. But you know, not an impact bat. So that's just a, who they target. And it,
1: Cleveland you know, it comes
0: together occasionally. They got to the playoffs last year, right, with the Stephen Kwan's of the world. But I, I don't
1: know. <laughs> I think Cleveland. Their number one goal is to cash the revenue sharing checks, to be honest. I mean that's just kind of you know who they I mean, are you
0: know they 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 it still baffles me that they did not go all in on Francisco Lindor because that's the exact sort of guy you, you build your franchise around. Again, this is me, you mm-hmm. know, having those weird feelings about stars and your mm-hmm. your team and wanting to lock them up. And maybe, you know, maybe in the long term that was the right thing not to, to, to do that. But they did get Jose Ramirez, which kind of shocked me. He took, I think, a big pay cut. I think he did that. Um, One of the, you know, one of the best players in baseball over the last decade that doesn't quite get his due because of where he plays, but um, yeah, I don't, know. I I don't see any reason why the Tigers can't be real contenders next year.
2: Yeah. I think for like the guardians, I think they're going to trade Bieber eventually, but like they, they can develop pitching. We've seen that. I think they'll continue to do that. Gavin Williams, they have Tanner Beebe and they do have some young hitters coming up the prospect, like George Valera, um Gabriel Arias hasn't really broken out the way they wanted him to. I think what surprises me is they're not spending the money. They also really never made that like all-in trade like that I can think of. Like I, I remember it was Andrew Miller, I think they traded for him when they were competing for a World Series, but other than that you don't ever remember them making that trade for like the big middle of the order bat that they they've seemingly always needed, which is is weird to me because it's like I understand yeah, not I mean, spending the money, but if they truly want to go all in, they have the prospects to, to make a trade like that.
1: Their team motto should be we do the minimum.
2: <laughs> well, so, so, yeah, I mean, John,
1: we
0: are the minimum. John, you were, uh, I think, too young at the time, but the, you know, the Guardians have been off and on good, largely good for the last 15, 20 years, right? They've had some downs for sure, but they were pretty heated rivals with the Tigers there in the late aughts. Mm-hmm. and I remember that they made – the biggest deal that they've made that I can remember for them was they traded for Ubaldo Jimenez.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah. They traded –
0: they had two – I think they traded two of their most recent first-round picks, Drew Pomeranz and, and some other kid. Uh, and Jimenez – and so it was kind of like, oh, boy, they're really going for it. And I think the Tigers' answer was to get Doug Fister or Sanchez. I don't remember which year it was, but uh, they went for it that time, and it did not work out for them. It, it, you know, the prospects they gave up didn't do anything either, but – that's the last big deal I can remember
2: them swinging. Yeah, well, I, I know in 2013 they were the Guardians were a wild card team and they lost the wild card game. But uh, yeah, I mean, other like I remember 2016 and 2017 they were true World Series contenders. Yeah. And other than Andrew Miller, that's the only real like all in move I think they yeah, they made. Think you know you had Rajai Davis there. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, I was. Gonna... I don't remember who else
0: they were. Yeah, I, I, it, yeah, maybe I should know that team better. But, uh, yeah, it's, it just doesn't seem to be in their their DNA to really go in all, all in and like that. They like to stock up on these middle infielders and, and let them filter through the system and see. Like, you know, Valera, you mentioned him. He was a really highly touted prospect going back two, three years ago. But he's it's kind of iffy now if he's even going to hit enough. He's a guy who his swing just doesn't uh, lend itself to a lot of Base hits,
1: mm.
0: uh, and then he was involved in a, a, a. And I don't know what the fallout was, but you know, people said he shoved a, an ump down in the minors, and there was oh. a big brawl at, at home plate. And Bastard. I don't know what, what became of. <laughs> yeah, it was really <laughs> like the ump was just trying to you know keep the peace, and he kind of like went after the guy behind the ump, and it was like the ump was, you know, ump was an honorable coach,
1: job, I'm sure. I'm
0: sure. Yes, I'm sure that you But um anyway, yeah. So, yeah, Tigers, Tigers in twenty four. There you go. Yeah. It's I like just. It
2: it's just unfortunate the free agent class is not that strong cuz it would be like everything would, the stars would kind of be aligning if there was a you know some some good free agents but yeah. it doesn't well, well I mean we'll see what happens. Oh, there's... fact you you telling them to spend money the
0: last 2 years. Yeah, right. they does, Springer.
1: Exactly. The whole thing is they've done this to me. They went the Lynn Henning road where they got to get all the young guys in place and then they'll add. Why didn't yeah. you add solid talent and then add your young guys to them and have these bulwarks in your lineup to protect against the growing pains of the young guys. Why doesn't that make yeah. sense,
0: Lynn? I, know. I, I do. I love Lynn. Lynn. Yeah. I love Lynn.
1: I love Lynn Henning. I do. But I do. It is. You know, wrong. We,
0: we joke about that a lot. And I, I do like a tongue in the cheek thing where within the Discord, where I basically like it. You know, anytime somebody's playing well, I'm like, oh, that's really going to increase his trade, trade value. Like, <laughs> like, uh, you know, Jason Foley today really throwing hard to increase that trade value. And Tyler Holton looking good making him a, a bigger trade ship. Um, yeah, it, it does feel like Lynn just wants to trade. Anybody, as soon as they show any sign of uh, talent, you trade them so that you get all your prospects up at the exact same time and go on a six-year run, and that's it. But it doesn't work that way.
1: No, it really doesn't. And, you know, when you talk about free agency, yeah, it looks like a down class, but there's always a couple guys in there that you can find who can contribute. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you just got to hope that Scott Harris is the guy who can identify them. Uh, and hope that chris illich is ready to spend the money um, that's always again we always have to factor in there's a there's a level above the front office and that is the owner and they sign off this this little tiny payroll they have right now is something he signed off on
2: yeah and i I know we'll have plenty of time in the off season to talk about free agency but uh if we're talking about trade deadline like jamer candelario is a name i think that's probably going to get traded i'm not saying he's a, as a good fit for the tigers but i mean he's a guy you probably don't have to commit to long term and the tigers i feel like their biggest need is in the infield so i'm not saying it's going to happen but i i don't know well, I, I, I will yeah, he, <laughs> is, it's, I'll not, say it's not going to happen no <laughs> think, i think
0: i was i was suspecting that maybe the padres go after candelario uh, they've had they've been using jake cronenworth at first base and he's not doing anything he's Very talented Mm -hmm. player and and has done a lot of good stuff before, but I think he might serve best as as kind of a McKinstry type, right, where he's just playing all over the place, and you put Jamer at first. You know, we know that some of his value is going to come from playing third, but uh, and that gives him a – you know, because the Padres have a top three payroll, and it feels like they should sell based on where they are in the standings. They're closer to the Rockies, I think, than they are to the Dodgers. But uh, I don't think they're going to sell because they're so heavily invested. So – yeah i don't know yeah. but maybe yeah maybe as a free agent signing who knows maybe Jaber comes back on a one-year yeah. deal i'm just gonna uh, say if you,
2: if you heard it you heard it here first chamber but... you know <laughs> i look. i
0: often look to some of the things that the, the the giants did when harris was there or when you know far anxiety took over and, and you see things like signing the wilmer flores right Let's. Mm-hmm. it wasn't a huge deal or whatever. I mean, he's been a solid player for them they traded for tyro Strata that worked out well they found mike yastrzemski you know that the Tigers have mm-hmm. tried to do that so far, trying to find these guys on the waiver wire and stuff like that, and, and maybe they did with Holton. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think yeah, there there might be one or two small free agent signings next year, but we'll see. Maybe they, they go all in on uh, I'm blanking on his name, but the, the right handed pitcher from the Phillies was very good, Aaron Noah. That, Aaron that'd, be Newland, wild. Yes. that'd be wild. That, that'd be like probably six, seven, eight years. I would think. Six to seven, yeah, probably twenty-five a year. So um,
1: but uh I don't
0: know, he's pretty good. So there's so do.
1: tiny guys out there. I mean
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. The tigers you could know.
1: pay him, they could pay him six hundred million. Um, sure. they could. <laughs> yeah, nothing is stopping them other than their choice not to do it. Yeah. When Seattle you just watch when Seattle pays them, you're gonna go, well, why couldn't the Tigers have done that? Yeah. I I found out that Shohei has spent some off seasons in Seattle, evidently he loves Seattle. That's a good oh, fit. That's an I, inside info
0: there from you. Yeah,
1: so people are thinking that he might just, you know, if they if they cough up, he might go.
0: Yeah, that would that would make them uh, pretty fun, Shohei and yeah, Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. Got the big dumper. You got Jared <laughs> Kelnick there to kick your field goals and, and water coolers. Exactly. Um,
1: so He's, he anyway. was pretty broken up over that. Did you see that?
0: I did. did that you, was, that was going to be my that was going to be my ugly uh, <laughs> last week because. You know, just the way he'd been performing, it hadn't been great. You know, he had that hot start. He was, and then just to have that, where you totally understand it. it's the sort of thing you do when you're frustrated and you're angry, oh, yeah. and you, you do that, and then your moment of furor turns into six weeks of uh, you know, rehab, and it sucks. But uh, anyway,
2: yeah, but uh, so, I'm, I'm I'm sure we'll have plenty of off-season talk once once the yeah. time comes, but.
0: Not in the Tigers, uh, so they're uh, three games, speaking of Otani, right? Three games hosting the Angels this week. And
2: Otani's not pitching, right?
0: He is not pitching, but uh, that just means that they have to figure out a way to strike him out. Uh, we're gonna up. <laughs> I'm going
1: to be so. interested. I want to see in a, in a big moment uh, Tyler Holton versus Otani. I'm, 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 I'm actually interested in seeing that because Tyler Holton just keeps on keeping on. I mean, uh-huh. you keep expecting, man, maybe this is the out where he has a rough outing. He never even has a a, a shaky outing.
0: It yeah really i was r- thinking earlier like the last time he, he got himself into trouble i can't remember
1: i uh, yeah i said that i said on twitter last week i never feel much stress when holton's in the game
2: uh,
1: you know most relievers there's a little consternation like you know alex lang will scare the hell out of you sometimes but yeah
0: um that seems, that seems to be uh, you you need that apparently to be the closer
1: yeah exactly <laughs> uh, Tyler Holton, man yeah. you know he's 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 the quiet man
2: yeah and, I guess, and uh we could like, be
0: seeing the final starts for, for Rodriguez and, and Lorenzen and, in and Tigers uniforms. It seems likely, even.
2: Well, yeah. yeah. Well, so, Eduardo Rodriguez pitches tomorrow, which is the 25th. So, he, he might have one more start after this. I mean, they could. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Um, I, if I were a team looking to acquire him, I would
0: say I want as many starts from him as possible. But, you know, who knows? Deadlines, I think you said before, deadlines are there for a reason. They create, uh, they create demand.
2: Yes, they do. Yeah, well, it was a good run. If it, if it is his last start tomorrow, well, it's gonna
1: be a fun week. I look forward to it. I, I there's gonna be I, hopefully there's a lot of rumors. Uh, I hope we see some some uh, creativeness from Scott Harris, some press digitation, I hear oh. work, and yeah. uh, you know make something really exciting happen. That would be quite a little cherry on, on top for the summer here.
2: Yeah, give us something good to talk
0: about.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: the content gods. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I know. Uh, so I'm not sure what we're gonna. Since Relly and I are gonna be in Erie on Thursday, it may be uh, the skeleton crew again. I don't know what we're gonna, what's gonna happen. We'll we'll play it by ear. At, if they make a trade, we'll probably do an emergency broadcast. Uh, emergency broadcast system. Uh, but yeah, I know. We'll we'll check in. We'll keep you guys updated. And and uh, thank everybody for joining us today. Thanks again for the donation, Joseph. I believe it was right. Yep. Um, and yeah, thanks to you guys for for joining me. Thank you for hosting. Good time. Yeah. You know, it was kind of a semi-host, but all
1: right. We'll talk to you guys later. See ya. Thanks, everyone. Yeah,
0: you.